0: So here we are, Happy at Work. And today we're welcome Omar Glass, CEO of Growth Space. And Happy at Work is all about bringing positivity in the workplace, empowering workers, making them happier. And we bring on these smart, amazing guests who are leaders and have really great things to offer. So maybe we could just start out. Omar, maybe you could tell a little bit about yourself and your company.
1: Great to be here, first of all. And so, like you said, my name is Omar Glass, co-founder and CEO at the GrowSpace. And GrowSpace, we do something very simple. We try to help companies enable their employees growth in the best possible way. And by including basically its platform that enables companies to develop their employees in various channels. For example, like the way we started at first, I think last time you and I spoke, And we talked about, like, we know how to match each individual to the perfect expert in order to um, achieve what they want to achieve. So, for example, we basically take and mimic what companies do when they want to develop their CEO, for example. So let's say I'm as a CEO, I need to work on my leadership or do a better public speaking. So usually what companies will do will match me with a CEO coach, for example or if I'm in sales and I'm relatively new, like the best thing you can do um, is understand, okay, I want to work on my sales skills, let's say on my pitch skills and match me with a sales expert who will basically support me through the journey. So that's basically how GrowSpace started, offering uh, companies, enabling them to basically match their people in the hundreds to the relevant experts to run through development sprints and eventually improve uh, each one according to what they need to improve it
2: uh, Omar, it's good to have you on the show and I'll, I'll start us off because i've been coaching for 20 years so I, I love what you're doing and one of the one of the challenges that that i've had is sometimes i'll have a client come and they're like i, I want to do better i'm going to be more successful but i don't know what i really need do you ever help them identify what skills they're needing to to improve upon when they're when they're not really sure themselves, any sort of assessments?
1: Definitely, so first of all, you're spot on. I would say that no one needs a coach or no one needs a mentor in general.
0: Wait, wait, that's not good for your business. Wait, that's your whole business? No, no, no. Wait, there's more, okay, I got it, I got
1: it. So people do not need coaches. Like people don't need therapists or people do not need doctor. You go to a therapist because you're depressed, you go to a doctor because you have, headache, or COVID, or something like that. But like that, you usually in the professional work, I'm not talking about the well-being, usually you go to a coach because you want to work on your communication skills, on your leadership skills. You want to be better at something specific. What we say is the more specific you are, the higher the probability of success. Mm-hmm. So definitely, first of all, you're spot on. The way we do that, um, we basically, in the beginning of the process, and now I'm talking about the one-on-one, we do a bunch of other stuff, but it's a good place to start. And we basically uh, come and uh, do the assessment between the individual and the direct manager, identifying what you want to focus on. And the manager, the direct manager, the participant is a key component of the process because the manager is a great observer of your behavior and your basically skill gaps. So usually the manager will even initiate the process and will recommend a specific thing that you should focus on. For example, you're a great programmer, but you're not managing your time properly, for example. So you can work on your time management. Great. And then it comes to the individual. And then he says, yes, you're right. And more specifically, I would like to focus on that and that. And then basically the platform matches this individual with a productivity expert. So not just a general coach, but a coach or an individual or a trainer even that specializes on productivity. And then they go through a development sprint. And then when it's over, we will come back, the platform will come back to the individual and the direct manager and ask, do you see a behavioral change?
2: Gotcha. So if someone came to you, let's say a long-term client, Uh, maybe they're trying to develop a junior person into senior management. Do they go through just a host of different coaches and mentors on your platform? Like I get the public speaking one and the listening one, the leadership one. So do people tend to rotate or do they get assigned one person that sticks with them for different skills?
1: Vice versa. The power of the platform is by having different people who specialize in different things. Because if I will ask you, Michael, what's your sweet spot? Like, where, what are you best at? I guess you will tell me, okay, maybe I'm very good at leadership. Productivity I can do, but it's not my thing. And you know what? I know nothing about marketing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So our go-to, and by the way, every employee at GrowSpace participates in at least three programs a year. And usually these three programs will be around different skills with different experts because two things happen. First. There is momentum. When you work just in a sprint on something, it's becoming more like you have a positive tension that eventually increases the performance or the outcome that you get. Number two is you get someone whose expertise is exactly what you need. So it's not general. I will match you with a coach and the same coach can do productivity and leadership and management and sales and marketing.
2: Gotcha. So it's like micro-niching the coaches and mentors. They're just... just Teach their sweet spot. Beautiful, thank you.
0: So, so it's really interesting because when you started out talking about it, you know, I've I've heard about where they'll bring in coaches for the CEOs and the C-suite because you know maybe the person is brilliant but they're kind of a you know an arrogant jerk and they're kind of turning off people and it's not helpful. So now what you're doing is you're democratizing it. Basically, is that it doesn't have to just be the C-suite. We're looking at all levels with an organization. And then finding people who could benefit from extra help. Now, is it does it go from a junior person who just started a job, and hire, or or, or do you kind of pick a certain sector or a certain amount of years experience?
1: We depend on the organization, but yeah. usually it's a, like you said, it's kind of democratizing. So it starts from individual contributors, usually up to like mid management. And again, the approach is objective first. So the goal will not be matching people with coaches because that, that's not the point, but identify what the individual needs. Again, with the individual and manager, matching them with the right person and then have a measurable impact on the specific thing.
0: How does that go? Is that, would it be, let's say I'm working at ABC widget company and I feel I, I have to be a better speaker would I go to my boss and say, hey, I think this is holding me back? Or does the boss say to me, hey, Jack, would you want to get some help in this area? What's, what's the usual kind of so uh, the, way it plays out?
1: Yeah, so usually it's <clears> gonna <throat> come from the manager. Again, it's up to the organization, like some organizations just give it to anyone, it's open to anyone, and then you can just ask, hey, I want to work on that. A lot of times organization prefer to start from the managers. So basically they give it to their managers as a tool to develop their people. And what we've seen in a lot of companies, we started even engaging with the companies through the managers, because eventually um, the individual who was supposed to be in charge of their employees' development is not the HR, it's the manager, because as a manager, if you get the right tools to develop your employees, you will eventually get better results. And this is part of like something that is sometimes missed in the learning and development industry, the manager, like the manager is aside, the side and then it's like direct from HR to the individual. And by enabling the manager, giving the manager more tools to develop their employees, uh, you eventually get better results that are more connected to what's really needed, like to the business KPIs.
2: I love the fact that the manager managers are a part of it because they really help with emotional intelligence of how other people see you. I'm curious if you how you feel about uh, the actual client, the person who's really doing the learning, if, if they need to opt in, for example, let's say that, that my manager says, Michael, you're an introvert and I want you to be more of an extrovert to do public speaking and networking and that petrifies me. I have no interest in that. That's just not my thing. If if they send me to you, do you kick me back if I say I, I'm I'm not willing? I, do you require an opt in, or do you just work with me because my boss said I had to be here to become an extrovert?
1: I don't think you can develop someone who doesn't want to be developed. Like <laughs> I cannot force you. Sit here. It's not like the metrics where I connect you to a software. Now you know kung fu, right? Yeah. And so, of course, um, the goal would be to uh, have alignment eventually between the participant and the direct manager around an objective. And definitely the individual can definitely say to the manager, no, I want to work on that. And then like the basically the platform figures out their alignment together. And then only the sprint starts.
2: And when you do these assessments, uh, I, I think I had read because Jack sent me some information over ahead mm-hmm. of this that there's hundreds of things that you're measuring. I'm curious what, you're, what sort of metrics or things that you, you measure in general, just to give our viewers a sense of, of what the data can do to be helpful. What do you look at?
1: So first of all, there are uh, different types of objectives for different things, right? And um, so we always try to start with the business KPI you want to drive. So business KPIs can be different for different functions in organization. It can be something like um, sales, so quota, or how many prospecting you did um, in the recent week. It can go to throughput, for example, if you're in uh, um, engineering or number of bugs, like we try to get to the hard things and connect them with a skill. Okay, so there is always the business KPI and the specific skill you want to drive. And we want basically to link them together. For example, I want to sell more by improving my trust with the customers, like the way I build trust or the way I pitch, for example, or the way I prospect. So it's a skill connected to a business KPI. And then we try to measure both the impact on the specific and the hard skill, like on the hard KPI, and both on like the impression of the manager and the individual about the improvement on the specific skill. Uh, I am hope I'm clear.
2: No, no, make, that makes, makes a close. lot of sense. Are you noticing certain age groups or generations or uh, certain categories where you're noticing that certain skills really need to be developed? Like some group of people don't have them and they, they really need them from your organization. Any, any spots where people seem to... Oh, we really need this.
1: Anything that pops up on your radar? I think less generational because you know most of the employees currently are uh, millennials, so it's more or less like standard, right? Most mm-hmm. of the individual contributors up to mid managers are millennials, so I don't think this is a big uh, differentiator. You do see different uh, types of skills in different functions in the organization. Think about it, like salespeople or people who are customer facing tend to be more extroverts. So uh, usually their problem will not be around communication because if you do not, if you're a salesperson or customer success and you don't know how to communicate, you're in trouble, right? So usually the communication will be more popular in more of like R&D, engineering, um, like backend things, for example. So you see some correlations and vice versa. You see like places that in sales, uh, people uh, try to focus on.
0: What are some of the other things that you uh, offer coaching for? Because it sounds like it runs the gamut, right?
1: So it goes through the whole spectrum between soft skills and hard skills. And we focused a lot like in the talk so far about the one-on-one, which again, one-on-one is basically the best way you can develop an individual because it's about you, it's tailored to you, you get an expert and and then it's uh, all about you. But also uh, we enable companies to run internal mentoring programs, meaning onboard your experts, tag them on our platform, run through a development sprint with an experts from your organization. So this is like internal mentoring or group sessions where you can sit with like-minded professionals like yourself, like say your team and, work on a specific topic, for example, you know, product. So think about three product managers working with VP product from another company uh, around a specific topic or on leadership or something like that. So it covers basically the whole spectrum between soft skills, communication, leadership, to harder skills like management and client management, to more like harder skills and like sales, engineering product marketing etc which is more like best practice exchange like to work on specific things from your day to day
2: could you take someone i I know you're it it appears that you're you're most you're more more of a b2b operation but let's say that i was a salesperson and now i want to get into ai i want to jump the the tech bandwagon could i come to you as an individual and say hey what skills do i need To be an ai person i know nothing about it just sounds really sexy and groovy could you could you tell me what skills i need assess me and then upskill me as a private individual could you do that for people
1: there are two ways to look at it even from your path so in order to if you want to move from sales to ai and you can be interested in best practice exchange meaning just to be matched with someone from AI who can guide you, or you can work on specific uh, skills that are attributed to this specific profession.
2: Gotcha. And would you be so, able to do this like for academics, let's say un- like undergraduate students, they're just starting out. They're, they're kind of at the beginning. Could you take people that, that don't have any background or history and start them from zero up to one plus?
1: depends where we're mostly focused on a b2b like you said mm-hmm. so i think in academics and we have some professors but more in like the business concept because eventually we serve our customers and um, who are fortune 500 co- companies mostly in north america as some of them are uh, mid market companies like 2000 employees etc so we basically, the way it works, everything starts with the uh, skills and experts on top of the skills, right? Like the skill taxonomy and experts attributed to different things that they can do. So the way we built basically our supply or like the people who are delivering um, and the uh, training, the development is according to the needs of our customers. So it's not broad. Like we don't have a uh, zoo professionals or academic professionals, because we don't work with a, a lot of academic institutions, but in business, we have a good coverage.
2: Gotcha. And how do you find your experts? How do you bring them on board?
1: So there are different types of experts, first of all. Um, some of the experts are people like you and Jack. And uh, these are usually um, directors to C-levels in different companies, and we approach them kind of like we approach potential customers we approach them with like cold emails hey would you like to become a mentor growspace and then some of them are interested they're picking up the call and an expert from our experts pool are interviewing them validating that they're good we tag them according to the specific behavior they can the specific skill that they can drive and then we start, basically, we onboard them to the platform. So this is one category of what we call mentors. The second category is uh, coaches. And coaches are uh, professionals who are certified by the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, and like, like yourself, basically. Yeah. And when we onboard them, we ask them again, Michael, what's your field of expertise? Where do you shine? Are you better with leadership or management or communications or productivity? And specifically in management, with metrics management, with delegation, like what are the specific things you're best at? And then you you are interviewed by a like-minded person who is already a vetted expert under like the scope of management. Let's take a, A yourself. And then basically we start matching you with cases around management. And then the beauty of a platform is then that's where the data starts to kick in because we match you with people and then we rate you about the impact that you generated in your life around management. Mm -hmm. And the better you are, the odds of being matched again with another individual who needs to drive their metrics management, for example, increases. And if you're not good, so it decreases basically. So with every data point that our a platform gets basically the the probability of success in the next match.
2: And this is the, where you're using the AI to pop in to help you?
1: Definitely.
0: So, Omar, let me uh, hypothetically, let's say there's this guy who's a Harvard professor, has a you know, Wall Street background, and is coached. So we're talking about the worker, but what about the other side? Can people make money being a coach on your platform? So someone, you know, you know, who's like wears a red sweater and and uh, is, you know, is, is is an academic, but is is as a coaching background. Could that person then say, hey, wait a minute, let me sign on, and I'm really good at what I do, so I'll be in a high demand across the board, and it could be like a rock star, you know, coach. Is there is there money to be made for these for these
1: folks? Definitely. So first of all, it's not volunteering. We, believe we charge, yeah, we charge yeah, yeah. good money from customers right. and we pay good money from the other end. Right. And so first of all, definitely. And the better you are, again, you can make a lot of money on our platform. That's part of the beauty. And an anecdote, we work with them. Um, we, we see increasing demand from digital nomads, like people who just travel the world, <clears throat> want to create like different source of income um, from clients from around the world. So definitely. If you're so, good, you can make a nice well, living. When you say, like, what, what do you think
0: that, you know, I don't mean to be too personal, but, like, what are we talking about? What kind of range for someone who, someone who's okay to someone who's, like, a rock star?
1: So, it depends on how much do you want to, like, yeah. each expert give us right. their availability. Right. So, you can say, okay, I want to take just one engagement in parallel, okay? So, for one engagement, you will have, you know, maybe... You know, and not that a lot of money, like hundreds or like a very few thousands. For a lot of engagements, you can uh, make uh, thousands, uh, thousands of uh, dollars uh, a month or like uh, even tens of thousands a year if you work a lot.
0: And, and it sounds for the professionals who, not the ones at the, at the company, but the outside professionals, that's kind of found money because you don't have to go prospect for clients. You don't have to go out there and hustle up business. You're on the platform, you're you're noticed. And I'd imagine, like in anything, word spreads. So if you're really good at what you're doing, if you're really good at coaching somebody to be a better public speaker, you could probably be sought after. And I imagine then you could kind of name your price because everyone realizes, hey, you know, if Omar is gonna be that person teaching entrepreneurship, yeah, you want him as that mentor. You want him as that coach because he's the guy and it's worth paying it because you know you're gonna get results.
1: Definitely, and what we see, first of all, you're absolutely right. Like individuals have a hard time entering B two B. Like it's hard to get into Fortune 500 companies as an expert working with your individuals, and you can definitely do it through the platform. But I think the most value for the experts is that we're basically you can think of us like of the platform like an objective judge, because the platform is not biased, right? And the inputs eventually. Like your score is based on the actual change that happened in someone's life observed by their direct manager. So it's not biased. And then we see experts on our platform sharing the feedback that they get. This is what I can do. So this is a good validation of the actual impact you can make and not something fluff like, yeah, I'm a good coach. Because what is a good coach, right? It's very subjective. For someone you can be a good coach, for someone you can be a bad coach. But if consistently people rate you, this individual helped me to become a better leader, to speak publicly better, whatever it may be, then it's a good validation of your skill.
2: So Omar, I I also teach an entrepreneurship course at Harvard. and So I can't help but like stick in my ideas that I give away because I'm too busy to like do all the ideas. Uh, I wanted to just go back a little bit, just intersect a few things I'm seeing. So you talked about digital nomads having an an interest in what you're doing. And Jack and I have done so many interviews that we're kind of relabeling the great resignation to the great reshuffle because people really are just moving around. And then you have these HR managers that are very frustrated that they can't find the right people, even though there's lots of people looking for things. Have you ever considered the... Filling that gap of going to an HR manager or a company that says, hey, you want to fill this role, but you can't find those people. There's someone that wants that job, but they're not qualified. It may be offering a program of, hey, a lot of people want X job, but you're missing Y skills, according to the recruiters. Uh, We'll teach you why and then make you more qualified to do that career switch. Have you seen that as a potential opportunity for maybe another product offering?
1: Well, it's a very interesting one. And uh, we are actually speaking at the moment with a company that uh, like a placement company that we're ex- like, we want to experience. We really like A-B testing a as a thing, mm-hmm. right? Because when you build a startup and you know, Jack, you, you told, you spoke about the um, leadership skills, management skills, like things that we need to develop. So eventually, I think the beauty about building startup is that you don't have the truth. You do not own the truth, but you can A-B test a lot. So a lot also in our product and the way we basically do business we A-B test. We don't know the truth and this is a great idea. So we definitely um, are going to uh, examine it even in a small scale to see if it works. And we do see some of our customers that are giving our product to people who were just onboarded because companies onboard people and they just want to improve a specific skill among the specific individuals, and definitely, like companies offer that. This happens a lot. But That's for, really like, interesting. Placement yeah. companies, it's still new.
0: That's really interesting because, like, what I find and here, but it's the hardest. So it's a hot job market. You know, here in the U.S., let's take it. It is kind of four million people quitting. I don't want to say each month, but on a regular basis, there are eleven million jobs open. So, so it is hard for businesses to find people. And even with this big gap between the needs, a lot of companies still have, have their, their, their expectations so high that there's a mismatch. And so you'll have people go on three, four, five, six, ten 10 interviews, I'm not exaggerating, over six months, where you would think in a hot market, you just you know, try to make the best pluck them up. But it sounds like what you could do over there is that now you could close that gap a little bit because you say, okay, Jack You know, is pretty good. He has six out of the 10 ingredients. But I got a feeling if we can get him a coach to do this and maybe another coach to do this, we could bring him aboard and figure maybe within six months, nine months, he's he's gonna be fit for it. And this way you could kind of that could be another tool in this war for talent to get people in as opposed to what now happens, Omar, is they'll say, Yeah, Jack only has six out of the 10. Let's keep looking let's keep looking. And then what happens? You keep looking and then Jack finds another job and he's out of the picture and you're still looking and looking and looking and looking. And that seat is empty. And then when I find out too, when the seat is empty, the other people do all the work and then they get ticked off. Like, wait, why am I doing all the work? And then they go, they're saying, screw it. I'm going to leave too. I'm going to quit. So it becomes a snowball effect. So that's, that's an interesting piece to it. So it really sounds like part of what you can do, what, or what you are doing is, is, is helping with the whole you know, attraction, recruiting, retention, and 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 muting the attrition. Because I'd imagine as well is that if 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 I worked at a company and they're and they're giving me all this help, I'm going to feel some sort of loyalty. I'm mean, like, wow, they're really they've really taught me a lot. You know, I've learned this skill, that skill, the other skill. That's really cool. And I, you know, I'm kind of you know gracious. You know, I, I want to express gratitude, so I'm going to stay. So imagine, is that part of your? pitch when you talk to you know to companies because it does seem like something that's really relevant for this time period
1: so first of all to your second point point, i think it's a byproduct because again the core objective is development and it will always be it's development like we try to offer the best development and it's not like things around it but yes, if you you know one of the main reasons for people to stay in a company is if the company is investing in their development because people want to grow. This is a top by the way, with, we spoke about millennials. This is something millennials want. They look at places. I always looked at places I worked for, like schools. What will develop me the most? not where I will make the most money. So definitely it's a great day byproduct and we see companies um, buy growth space for this reason. And to your first question, definitely. Like this is the gist of uh, basically what we do, whether if it's new, just new recruits where you need to upskill them fast and just um, improve their skills or new managers who need to step in and become very good managers fast. And a lot of our customers are like hyper growth companies like at Tech Unicorns and companies like that, when you don't have time and you don't have the capacity to basically onboard a lot of people. So a lot of people are from being promoted from within. And then when you give them like the right expert who will help them to do the next leap in their management, in their leadership, and it's personalized, it's about them. It's someone who really is good at what they do. So definitely it helps companies grow and they also recruit and attract talent.
2: So, Omar, I'm going to ask you a, a, a funny question. We're, we're going to play a little game if you're, if you're up for a little game. Sure. So, um, so I'm, going to, I'm going to be a, a prospect. I'm going to be a potential lead. So my job is I, I work at ABC Company, and I'm the coach manager. I, I, manage, I manage the coaches that we have. And, and you're pitching me, and you're trying to pitch me to outsource everything to you. So I've already heard and I have bought in to the part where you say, all of your coaches are sort of generic and we're going to bring you these micro niche expertise and you're going to hop around to get exactly what you need. So we're going to give you better quality coaching. I buy that. Can you make, how do you make the, the financial argument that, okay, I'm going to dissolve my coaching division and maybe their average salary is, you know, one, one hundred, 150, let's say a year. How would you make the financial argument that, it would be economically advantageous to me to outsource my whole department to you. Could you make that pitch?
1: So first of all, I will ask you why. Like, why do you have a coaching department? Like, what's your goal?
2: Well, we basically be, to be specific, uh, this would be for an academic institution with with about 1,000 undergrads. And we basically want to upskill them. So kind of you know, get them out of like just the pure academic and, and get them really ready for work. So we want to upskill them. So the original idea is, hey, let's get a bunch of the executive coaches. And then I heard, oh, about your place that, oh, you get better coaches that are really specified on certain no, subjects. No,
1: no, it's not, a, I don't think they're better, but I will ask you how many coaches do you have inside? Uh,
2: I would say we would have one coach for 50 students.
1: Okay, so about twenty about
2: twenty on deck, twenty. Okay, uh, so you have twenty,
1: 20 on deck. So yeah. your twenty, I'm sure that your twenty are great, but you can't expect the level of precision of twenty versus over a thousand experts, right? First of all, mm-hmm. because the thing is, you know, it's not a one size fits all, and um, I can bet that the, your people can be great fit for. A specific individual but not for everyone. So I will have a hard time to believe that your 20 are specializing in what like all of you know the 1,000 or more needs. So this is number one. Number two, sometimes, you know again, I'm, I, I love like I have a coach who helps me with my uh, leadership skills and really I'm a big believer in coaching and natural. but sometimes you don't need the coach. Sometimes you just need, okay, you want to go into engineering. You need someone who spent a lifetime, a career in engineering, who is a CTO, for example, who can talk to you about what it is to become an engineer because this is what you do. You want to upskill them in order to prepare them for like real life, right? For the job market, basically. So I would say, okay, so you have uh, 20 coaches, but how many of them are CTOs of real like tech companies? This is number two. Yep. Number three is I will ask you, how do you collect data about their performance?
2: Uh, yeah, we, that would probably be just the observational assessments, which I don't think is the best way to go. What do you do that's better? How do you, how do you track the progress when someone is, is under your wing?
1: So again, there are two types of observation. I can observe myself and my progress, which is very biased, it's highly biased because you know- yeah, right. I, I'm doing like great,
0: to, <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing okay. great, I'm, I'm great doing, leader. Yeah, I'm killing it. I, I'm yeah. Steve jobs.
1: <laughs> um, but the, the thing is like about um, an anecdote, my mother is a librarian mm-hmm. and uh, they just had an IT course and she told me it was terrible like uh, there was like um, someone very old trying to teach them in a very monotonous uh, manner, etc. And then came the feedback, like surveys. How was the instructor? And then she said, five stars out of five. And then I asked her, why? Why did you give him five stars? Because then she said, let him have it. Why should I care, right? Someone external asks you, I want to help him. He's a nice person. Eventually, he did a terrible job, but I think he's great. So basically, self-reporting is biased because A, maybe nothing happened. You hated it, but you want to give someone because you care about like the human being in front of you, but it was terrible. And B, like you said, maybe I think I'm Steve Jobs, but I'm not Steve Jobs at all. (laughs) So the, the, way, the more objective thoughts. way to, to see the improvement is basically someone who observes your behavior. Usually it will be your direct manager. Now in academics, it's kind of hard. So I would say that you need uh, to uh, maybe a peer, like a connect uh, like a peers together. So someone else will be able, someone else an objective will be able to monitor your progress. For example, when I'm doing a uh, growth space programs, and my partner and a COO then is usually observing my progress. So he's not my direct manager, but he sees me in the day-to-day and he can see, okay, am I communicating growth space, vision better now to our employees, for example, or not? But it has to be something that is well-defined in the beginning that you know what you want to achieve. It's not generic. It's not like, I want you to be better, better leader. What is a better leader? But I can definitely see if, for example, you never spoke up in a team meetings, and now you started to speak up. I see a behavioral change, I see a progress.
2: Gotcha. And have you found from your longer-term clients that they've stopped trying to do it in-house and they farmed it out to you, that they found that there was a, an economic benefit on top of this, that it was, it was like cheaper to outsource it? Have they any notice on that?
1: So I think the economic benefit doesn't come because the prices are low per hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, there are two sides of the equation. One is the value. We spoke about it, about the cost. I think what's um, when you're objective driven and you want to create an impact on someone's behavior, usually what we see in companies is they give them very long um, coaching engagements. So, for example, you meet your coach every other week for six months, nine months, etc. This is a lot. And eventually, like, you know, um, Mike, w- what do you teach?
2: Oh, I'm all over the uh, Basically, uh, entrepreneurship and a positive workplace, how to be happy at work. That's where the podcast came yeah. from. That's yeah. where I
1: teach. Okay. Harvard. So, no, never mind. I thought maybe you gave like a economics 101. <laughs> but in economics 101, you basically learn that the contribution of every marginal unit basically is declining, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say like in the first session, you get a lot of value, the second less, 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 and then it becomes stagnant, like asymptote, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same. So what we try to do is basically to find the sweet spot where we optimize your ROI or optimize the, the benefit um, in the minimum cost, basically. So our standard model is always a sprint, and usually the sprint is five sessions. Again, companies customize it, but like the go-to would be five sessions. So mm-hmm. I would say it's much more economic compared to what you do, because it's just it's very focused. It's a sprint. It's five sessions, and we proved through data that uh, with five sessions you get eventually overall in big numbers. The highest ROI.
2: Gotcha.
0: And, and imagine the company feels more comfortable with that because then they probably worry, oh my gosh, this is going to go on forever. You know, Jack and Mike are going to keep having these coaches for years, and the and the cost build up. So this way, you can manage their expectations. No, we could we're going to do a sprint. We're not going to drag this out. Now, also, Mike, just out of curiosity, do they do this in 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 the university setting? You know, to have that like boot camp. Particularly, like a boot camp for kids who maybe are graduating or you know the year before they're going to graduate to kind of teach them, like we were talking about in your class yesterday, like real world stuff, like what to think about, what to do, how to you know. Well, the,
2: the reason I'm asking all these pointed questions to Omer is that uh, I'm under consideration for leading that program, it's brand new. What we want to do is take in freshmen from 135 different countries and coach them for four years. So they're, they're always gonna have someone looking out over them but I'm thinking that it makes a lot more sense to send them to these micro niche experts and then and send them home. Like, okay, you're, you're out for five days to get sales or out for five days for public speaking. And it seems to make more sense because it, it doesn't make logical sense if they get assigned, you know, Coach Betty that Coach Betty's gonna be able to do all of that. She could probably Google it and do an okay job, but it's not gonna be the best possible job. So I see the money coming out the other end, not, not the savings on the coach's end, but, but the, the students getting higher starting salaries uh, because they, they truly are highly skilled when they walk out. So that that's where this is coming from. It's, it's a new program we're thinking of. Well, actually it's a new program we're doing. Uh, and I'm just thinking the best way to execute mm-hmm. it It's kind of the micro niching. It just makes more common sense to me.
1: And you know what? I would love to A-B test. Again, I always tell to customers, if you you cannot A-B test it, do not buy it. I I said it to Jack in our uh, last interview, I think. If you can't A-B test it, do not buy it. And this is like, I want to help you eventually to get to the truth. And you know, what I say makes sense, right? Like this, what you call micro niches or I call it just specialization, right? Makes sense, like I'm not good at anything. I'm good at some things and you're good and Jack is good, but it's not like the same thing. It's not generic, it's specific. But do not take my word, A-B test it. Divide your people into two groups. One Mm -hmm. of them use growth space, the other one use whatever whatever you, you do. See how much money you spend, see eventually are they landing jobs salaries etc and if we win if your test basically of the test group versus um like uh, the experiment group um, so if we win then just uh you know deploy it and if not no
2: i love it I- i'm okay. game for an
0: experiment
2: and uh, i'm looking at the clock and i see we blew way <laughs>
0: yes oh, yeah <laughs> This is great. Just thank you. It's really. I I have a new customer Harvard. It's great. (laughs) You you might (laughs) get a new customer, right? This is great. This is awesome. So, so yeah, it's it's to what I, what I'm hearing with, I think it's, it's such a really great platform that you have because it's, it empowers workers. It helps them learn. It shows that they're appreciated. It can grow within the organization. Yes. You might risk them moving on after they get those skills, but that's, that's the risk you take, but hopefully they stay. And then I think for the other cohort, the ones who are offering these services, that's kind of a neat deal. You know, they don't have to kind of hustle a business. So it's a, two, a two-sided, you know, platform, really, that benefits both. So this is great. And I'm, and, and I'm glad you're able to speak you know, to the LinkedIn folks because that's exactly the people who are interested in this. Like, how do I, what do I do? They can go to their boss and say, hey, you know what? I do need some help. Maybe you could kind of, you know, check out Omar and see if you could help me out here. Or there might be, there's lots of coaches and recruiters and all those folks who say, huh, this is pretty neat. So this is what's cool about it, that what we try to do is is just, you know, help people and bring things up to their attention. And, and I think you offer a really useful, you know, productive tool and, and that could benefit so many people. So I'm glad that you took the time to share it with us, Omar. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, Omar, I think you're doing some really interesting things. I love the idea.
0: Thank you so much. Excellent. 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 Well, thank you very much. And uh, and then hey, we, let me know when you get like whatever the new stuff is. Let me know. We'll have you back on. We'll talk about it.
2: Yeah, we, 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 we're already here. Like, we can set him another one. Okay. This was
0: very,
1: yeah, this was a very focused on the one-on-one, which is great. Yeah. I love one-on-one. I love personalization, yeah. but we'll schedule another one. We'll do
0: for the next one. Cause I know there are other things sure. you want to talk about, but you know how it is. Sometimes the conversation goes and, and you just try to digest. You know what it is? Sometimes you want to digest it when, when it instead of going too all over the place. You kind of really understand it so the people who are watching it, it can kind of really die okay this is what it is and then yeah glad we come back and then we could talk about some of the other things as well
2: yeah any Excellent. any final thoughts omar anything that we we missed that you wanted to share with the audience today
1: i think in, in the beginning uh, you asked me about uh, you know leadership uh, skills or what's important right so first of all growth is important really like focus on your growth focus on whatever will help you to take the next step to where you want to uh, go but i think the other thing is that you know even for the more experienced of us like the both of you you know beginner's mindset i think beginner's mindset is basically the next leadership trait because the world is changing and it's changing so fast and you have to be agile and you need to adapt so the less you think you know and the more like question marks you put Instead of like, like definitely, uh, you know, definite answers. I know this is my experience, etc. I think eventually you will be able, like, the more flexible you are, to able to get to better results. So more questions, less answers. I like That's
0: that. Great way to end it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent, well, well, Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see. We'll see you soon. Thank, thank you, you so Omar. Take care. Bye. Bye.